Hello everyone, I hope you're having a beautiful start to your week. It is so nice here and it definitely feels kind of weird that it's this nice in February in Ohio. I'm loving being able to get outside, but also maybe it's a little concerning. I don't know, but that's not the topic of today's episode. Today we're actually going to be talking about canning. So I keep hearing that there are so many of you who want to learn how to can this year from beginner homesteaders, suburban homesteaders, all the way up to people who have full-blown homesteads that don't know how to can. So I have five canning mistakes that I made so you don't have to. Welcome to the Homestead Challenge Podcast, where we will finally figure out how to make homesteading work in this modern world. I'm your host, Brittany, kind of crunchy mom and fellow modern homesteader. I've walked the path you're on, navigating burnout, overwhelm, information overload, serious lack of time, and uncertainty of where to even start. But I've also discovered a way to integrate homesteading into my modern busy life. If you're itching to kick off your homesteading journey on your terms, you're in the right spot. In each episode of this podcast, I'll be dishing out quick and straightforward homesteading tips, sharing home management systems, and providing modern solutions that fit seamlessly into your suburban lifestyle. Ready to turn your homesteading goals into a reality? Join me, and together we'll navigate the world of homesteading in a way that suits our lives. So grab that sourdough starter from the back of your fridge, girl. It's time to rise. With all of this access to food, I feel like even when I lived in a more rural area, people who live there probably don't think it's rural. For me, it was rural. (laughs) There's still so much access to food in the U.S. So, like, is canning even still necessary? I, obviously, since I'm making this (laughs) episode, would argue that it is. Um... Number one, I think that it's necessary for those of you who are growing so much food from your garden that you're going to have excess and that you want to have enough for your family for the whole year. That's a great goal. Um, Not my goal, but definitely totally understand where you're coming from. And any excess food, you know, I would never want to see food go to waste. So canning is important for that. I also think it's important for those of us who want to can some convenience food that is healthier than what we could buy at the grocery store. For me, what this has looked like is not like total convenience food, but it's canning enchilada sauce or pizza sauce or pasta sauce, um, especially with enchilada sauce. Like I had, whenever I would want to make enchiladas, I would make the sauce from scratch like every time, which is so silly. I ended up making my own in a huge batch. I actually made 52 jars of it and was able to make enchiladas for every single Taco Tuesday for a year. And it's so easy once the sauce is already made, you just throw it on top of your like tortillas with cheese and whatever meat. Um, So that was really helpful for me on busy weeknights. So I think that for a lot of us, um, canning can be a real time saver. There's also so many cool convenience foods that you can make in them where you literally just dump it in a pot and heat it up. I haven't made many of those, but I think it's really useful. And then third, I actually feel like canning is really important to save money. Um, I, like I've talked about in several episodes, often can chicken broth, especially. Also beef broth, but I don't always have beef beef bones, um, just based on the type of meat that I often cook. But Either way, canning both of them, I've done it both, and it saves me so much money because I really like to buy the bougie bone broth at the grocery store. So if you're buying the bougie broth, you know that it costs a lot of money. So it's a great way to save. 
And also you can can some fun things. The most fun thing I've ever canned is actually a Bloody Mary mix. So fun fact there, but there's a lot of different things you can do. Let's get into these five mistakes. Okay, so the first one's actually not a mistake that I have made, but I have seen friends make this mistake. And you can decide whether it's a mistake or not. But if you're new to canning and you do eventually want to pressure can, I don't think you need to also buy a water bath canner. You can use a pressure canner as a water bath canner and make it multifunction. So unless you're doing a ton of canning, which a lot of homesteaders do, you might want both if you're gonna have them both going at the same time, totally get that. But if you're just gonna buy one, buy the pressure canner and save yourself money in the long run. So a water bath canner is a lot cheaper. I think like a good one might be like 40 or $50. I truly don't know, I don't have one. But a pressure canner can be more expensive. So it is an investment like $150 or so. But I would really just recommend saving up for the pressure canner and then just having one. Unless you have all the space in the world or unless that $150 feels a really long way away for you and you want to get started, totally get that. But I just want you to understand that a pressure canner can be dual purpose. So I think that that is kind of helpful to know. Just in case you're brand new to canning and you don't know, water bath canning is typically reserved for high acid foods like tomatoes, also your jams, your pickles, that kind of thing. And pressure canning really should be used for everything else, like other vegetables, uh, meats, broths, all of that. There are two types of canners. There are rebel canners who kind of do everything in water bath canning. Totally fine if you do that. That's not me. I am always a goody two-shoes, like to follow the rules. So any advice that I ever give is going to be based on USDA guidelines. Um, I personally, I'm not super scared of botulism, but I'm like not trying to give it to my family. You know what I mean? So I like to follow the rules. <laughs> totally fine. Like I said, if you are a rebel canner, there's groups for that on Facebook. Just make sure that you know if something should be pressure canned versus water bath canned. I truly found that having a pressure canner was important to me because most of the things that I wanted to can, aside from tomatoes, needed pressure canned. Number two, making too much of what we don't actually eat. So my first year of canning, I just got so excited with all of the different uh, types of jam that you could make. And it's really fun. And I made some weird combinations, but I made so many different flavors. I still have some of these on hand. They're probably need to go. But truly, the point of canning is to save food and to save you money. So think about what you actually eat in a week and look at what you're regularly purchasing from the grocery store. So if you order on an app, it might even tell you like your regular repurchases. Um, look at those things and look at trying to replace those things in a little bit better way. Definitely don't just, you know... Let me, let me retrace this a little bit because it is super fun to make the weird things sometimes. Just make sure that you don't do it too much where it's going to go to absolute waste. That's probably enough on that. Number three, if it's your first year canning, don't buy too much produce at once. To can, start small. So my first year I bought something like 50 pounds of tomatoes. And I got them into my kitchen and I was like, oh no, I have to process these now before they go bad and I'm kind of freaking out. And on top of that, I decided to make something with them that I had never even made before. I don't remember if it was like my first time making 
some kind of sauce. I don't know what it was. I don't remember. But like definitely start off canning something that you're already comfortable making. Or I mean, the first time, maybe just can your diced tomatoes that first time to get the hang of it. Like do not buy 50 pounds of tomatoes and then have to process them all into a sauce because processing tomatoes, if you've never done it before, which I hadn't, is a ton of work. And I didn't have a food mill that first time either. So I was like hand peeling all these tomatoes. I just want to cry thinking about it. Buy a little bit and just like can a couple little things your first time. Then absolutely it makes the most sense once you're really comfortable with it to buy in bulk and can in bulk and just get it all done in one day. Totally makes sense. But for the first time, don't go crazy because you might cry and still be traumatized by it later like I am. Tip number four, not following the proper headspace. So the first time that I can't ever, I think, was not the tomatoes, but it was like a broth. And then I posted a picture of it and somebody's like, oh, that's like way too much headspace. I followed a recipe that didn't have the recommended headspace on it. And if you're new to canning and you have no idea what I'm talking about, headspace is just literally the air above the food, between the food and the lid, like whatever air is there. And there's a little tool that you can buy that is like $4 that will just help you measure that. Follow a recipe, first of all, and definitely follow a recipe that tells you the headspace. If it doesn't, move on to another recipe. There are hundreds for every kind of thing you would ever want to can. So definitely make sure that you're following those guidelines. Number five, thank you for staying here till the end, even if you don't want to can, because I think that a mistake is thinking that you even have to can in the first place. So there are so many different ways that you can preserve your food without canning. So preserving to save money, preserving for convenience, preserving to save your food from the garden and not waste it. Oh my goodness you could learn how to freeze better. So my favorite book is Freeze Fresh about freezing your food. She gives like so many different good tips that I never knew about freezing your foods, which is like almost embarrassing. Like I've lived my whole life and didn't know you could freeze certain things in certain ways. But she also gives the best tips for like specific vegetables and fruits and how to freeze them and defrost them so that they come out like really nice. (laughs) Um, You could also learn about vacuum sealing. So I have a food saver and on it, there's actually a mason jar top uh, vacuum sealer thing. So you can seal any of your dried goods in there. And because we're talking about canning, I do want to make a note of this because I've seen several people ask this question in different canning groups that I'm in on Facebook you cannot use a vacuum sealer as a canner. So do not vacuum seal liquid goods. Don't do it. Um, You can use those though for any kind of dry goods that you want to keep better longer, like rice and pasta and flour and all that good stuff. Uh, You can also learn how to dehydrate or dry things. I actually have an entire blog post about how to Um, It's about dehydrating peaches, but it really goes through the differences between dehydrating in your oven versus in a dehydrator. Um, I never had great luck in my oven, but I know some people do. There's definitely a science to that, but I got my dehydrator for $10 off of Facebook Marketplace, so that's always a great place to look. And then just preserving in different ways like oil and butter. I also have a post on that. 
Um, especially herbs. So if you have like a ton of herbs from your garden, you really don't need to just let them die and then have to buy herbs all winter long, which is silly. Uh, you can preserve them in different ways to have for the entire year, which I think is pretty cool. So hopefully, friends, you learned something here, whether you want to can or not this year. I guess I'm going to charge you with this homework. So if you want to can this year, make a plan for getting all of your gear. Like I said, I'm going to have everything linked always in the show notes, all of my favorite products and whatnot. You know, there are really expensive canners that you can go ahead and buy if you want to. There's the All-American. It is absolutely beautiful, but it's really expensive. So unless you have the money or if you really want to support that company, I believe it's all U.S. made. That's important to a lot of people. Go ahead and buy that one. To me, it's really heavy, like really heavy. So that's something to take into consideration. I just have a Presto canner. I mentioned before, it's about 150, which I think is half of the price of the All-American. So make it a goal to look through all the products that you're going to need. It's really not that much. Uh, truly, it's not. And all of these things are going to last you your entire life. So you will never have to repurchase these. You might eventually want to purchase a new seal, I guess, for your pressure canner. I haven't had to yet for any reason, but that's really the only thing as well as your mason jars. Uh, you can always reuse your jars and then you do need to buy new lids periodically after using them. Hop on over in the Facebook community and let us know if you're going to be canning this year. And if you're already an expert canner, let us know your favorite convenience meals to can because I would love some new recipes on what I can can to make my weeknights easier. All right. Talk to you later, friends. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Homestead Challenge podcast. I hope our time together has empowered you to take meaningful steps on your homesteading journey. If you've enjoyed our conversation and found value in today's tips, please take a moment to leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback means the world to me and it helps others discover the podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Connect with me on Instagram. You can find me at Brittany L. Gibson. The link is in the show notes. Share your favorite takeaways from the episode, ask questions, or suggest topics of what you'd like to hear in the future. For an even deeper dive into the homesteading community, join our Facebook group where other suburban homesteading mamas share their experiences, ask questions, and support each other on their unique homesteading journeys. Just search for the Homestead Challenge community on Facebook and request to join. Remember, every small step on your homesteading path is a victory. Whether you're nurturing plants on your windowsill or mastering the art of sourdough, you're making a difference. Keep at it. Until next time, let's watch our homesteads flourish together.